Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on again. Henry. Yes. It's been a while since I've last been on the podcast. Yes, indeed. It has been a while. So, yeah, I thought maybe we'll just start with that. The, the origin story of the Comic Sauce podcast, essentially, right? Um, so, yeah, like, this podcast really started as a result of you and I meeting, right? Yeah. Um, so, do you remember when we first met? We met at, um, what was it? It was like a disabilities comic talk at Mission yeah. Comics. Yes, That yes. was last year. June or last May? There, thereabouts, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then... it's pretty cool that we met. We first met at a comic book store. Yeah. Super, super appropriate, <laughs> right? That's so awesome. Um, but yeah, I, so at the time, you had a, a radio show, right? Oh, yeah, I had a radio show. And it talked about like a bunch of like social pop culture stuff and everything. Yeah. And this and was at uh, SF State. Right? Yeah, I was at SF State. Yep. And then I remember I invited you on my show. Yeah. And then you invited me to do a Pandora Comics um, event. I remember oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, so, like, yeah, let's not gloss over the radio show. That was really cool that, so not only did you have... A regular radio show at SF State, but you were in the program, right? You're a, you you majored in in broadcast. Yeah, broadcasting. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So yeah, that was cool for me. Like I think I so basically uh, after I appeared on your show, which I guess turned out to be your final show. It right? was my final <laughs> show, too. Yeah, yeah. And this, the name of your show is what? The Peep Show, right? It was called The Peep Show, yeah. Right, right. So super cool. It was a great show and it was fun to be on. And afterward, I don't even know why I brought it up, but I just said, hey, have you ever thought of doing a podcast? And then you were, you were, you were game, you know, you were like, that sounds interesting. Yeah. And that, you know, nothing happened for a while, but that kind of planted the seed, right? No, it took a lot of planning to like, you know, like what kind of equipment do we need? What, yeah. How are we going to, how would we get the word out there? Right. What do we talk about? And it yeah, just took that. a lot of planning. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. In the meanwhile, yeah, I think I had you come to my office and we did did like a little discussion group and um, it just kind of evolved I guess you know I think we finally got the equipment together and just started to record episodes right yeah and um, I got in touch with Aton at Cape and Cowell and he was kind of game for uh, letting us be the voice of his store for a while you know um, so for a while while we were the Cape and Cowell comics podcast and now we are the Comic Sauce podcast, right? Um, but it's great to have you back, Porfirio, because no. um, after that initial run, so we did, like, we literally recorded, like, I want to say four episodes at the end of last year, at the end of yeah, 2016. Yeah, something, like something like that. And those were, I mean, to me, that was kind of 
pretty triumphant because those four episodes are sort of like what we brought to Aton to sort of like get his blessing on. And he sort of gave us the green light. So to me, those four episodes that you and I did were like, that was like our entryway, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we have since, or I have since really sort of gone forward with the, the podcast. And we've had a lot of episodes so far without you. So it's great <laughs> to have you back. And um, I know, uh, I think I want to say a few months ago, I kind of... Uh, brought out an episode from the archives. It was one of those four episodes we recorded. It was like the 2016 year in review episode. I re-broadcast that. Uh And so I thought it'd be fun today, you know, after airing the 2016 year in review, today we could do kind of like a 2017 kind of a mid-year in review. Yeah, sounds like fun. Yeah, like it's, I mean, it's, I kind of hope, was hoping we could do this earlier. It's almost the end of the year already, um, but you know, there, there, you know, it's still, you know, uh, have a few months left, and I think we could still do a mid-year review and just kind of talk about uh, how the years it has been. You know, um, see the first one. Yeah, the first major comic book movie that came out this year was Logan. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, and that that made a huge splash because, you know, kind of on the heels of. Deadpool, it was rated R. Oh, yeah. And um, like Deadpool, it was a big hit, you know? And and it's really great to see these rated R superhero movies do so well because I want to see more. I want to see more of this stuff, you know? No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, more violence, more like, dude, let's just, like, get deep into these characters and figure out, like, what the what they can do without like having any restriction on them yeah and that's exactly what they do wolverine like because the stuff he did in logan was not really like as intimidating as like the previous like the first like the very first action movie or anything yeah. yeah i mean it's crazy looking back at all these wolverine movies that hugh jackman has done you know, and he's been a great Wolverine, but only this last one did we really get to see the Wolverine that we've all been kind of waiting to see, right? Uh-huh. This is this is the Wolverine we want to see. We want to see a Wolverine just like tear dudes apart. We want to see bloodshed. We want to see killing, and and we got that. You know, that was pretty cool. No, it was, and I think for me it was because I. I don't remember if X-Men or Spider-Man was the first superhero film. It was one of those two, but for me, it was just really heartbreaking. It was like an end of an era, seeing, like, from being, like, the very first comic book movie I ever saw in theater to now, it's, like, seeing Hugh Jackman hang up his boots as Wolverine. It's just like, oh, man, like, what's next? What's going to happen next? Yeah, it was cool that... It was, you know, since that first X-Men movie, there's been, like, this whole changing of the guard. There's, like, a new Magneto, a new Professor X, and, you know, the uh, X-Men First Class, Days of Future Past, X-Men Apocalypse. It's sort of, like, the new version, right? Yeah. But with Logan, they brought back the old actors. You know, they brought back Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman. 
the original Professor X and Wolverine, you know, and and it, it was it was pretty cool, like the way they sort of like wrapped up the whole storyline, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, can you picture anyone else being Wolverine besides Hugh Jackman? Well, I mean, I couldn't name a particular actor, but I will say this. I can certainly picture a totally different type of Wolverine because I was first introduced to Wolverine in the comics. So mm-hmm. what, way before I knew who Hugh Jackman was, I was familiar with Wolverine from, from the X-Men comics, you know? And, and the Wolverine in the comics is not he doesn't look like Hugh Jackman. No, no. He's he's really short. He's super <laughs> short. He's feisty, he's hairy and he's short. And he it's it's a very just on the look alone. I think Hugh Jackman really captured the personality of the comics Wolverine, but not the look. He doesn't look no. like the comic Wolverine at all. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, when they do, I think it's inevitable there will be a new Wolverine at some point. When they do, it's going to be closer to the comics Mm -hmm. like a smaller sort of feistier type of guy Mm -hmm. in my opinion what i think they should do is like kind of hand over the wolverine title to x23 ah like okay i I can see that yeah x23 she was so feisty i loved her like she would like tear people apart i was like yes girl (laughs) like yeah i loved her i think they should instead of giving like the title to another like to someone like Hugh Jackman or, you know what I mean, like another male character, like yeah. just continue with X-23, like how they did in the comic storyline. Yeah. Well, look, what I described is exactly what you said. She's short and she's feisty. <laughs> That's exactly what I just said about what Wolverine should be. And it doesn't necessarily have to be man, right? So, yeah, that's a good point. I think I, I would have no problem with X-23 taking over the mantle, you know. That said, I, I can't imagine that there will be no Wolverine in the X-Men universe for, for very long, you no, know. No, so no. I think there's there's got to be another one coming down the pipeline soon. You know? uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So then, okay, so after Logan, there was Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yes, yes, indeed. What are your What are your thoughts to it? I was really impressed. I really liked that movie a lot. And I was surprised, you know. I really liked the first Guardians, but from the previews and, you know, the promotional material I had seen for Guardians 2, I kind of thought, like, oh, this looks kind of like just the same stuff. You know, like, I I had a... I had this feeling it might feel a little bit like uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, which was like basically just trying to duplicate the first one, you know, and it it was sort of like, it's the same thing, but not as good. What's the point, you know? Mm -hmm. But Guardians 2, I thought, was was great, you know? It, It brought a lot of freshness. Like, I was really surprised that they really um, gave some of the supporting characters some really juicy parts you know like yandu and um uh, nebula like they were like key characters in the movie mm-hmm. and that whole theme of like family like what is family you know is very touching you know and i was uh i, I really enjoyed it a lot no yeah, it was definitely a fun roller coaster like like you said exactly um 
they give a lot of supporting characters their own backstory to kind of enjoy them, like Drax, Gamora, yeah. Rocket. Um, you got a lot of Baby Groot. I yep. guess that's what that's like what the BB-8. <laughs> oh right, equivalent. Of, uh, of, yeah, if Marvels. Right, right. But um, no, it was definitely fun. It definitely had like some plot twist to it, like. Nebula and Gamora getting back, kind of burying the hatchet and being together. Yeah, right, right. And the whole um, Star-Lord's dad, that twist, spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah, we should, we should say uh, spoiler alert. But, <laughs> yeah, like, um, basically, it, it sets up, the movie sets it up so that it seems like Star-Lord is going to bond with his biological father, played by Kurt Russell, right? But then, like, I don't, like, totally unexpectedly, you know, it it becomes very poignant with with Yondu, like, the Mm -hmm. guy who who raised Star-Lord, right? So, yeah, that that, I didn't expect that. I, I certainly didn't expect to be like close to tears at the end of the movie you know like i was like i can't believe this how touching this movie is so yeah it it was quite a ride it was it was fun it was exciting it was funny it was touching you know it's kind of like the reason why you go to a summer movie you know you you get you get these great thrills great visuals uh good action and it's just a fun time you know exactly that's the basic definition of a summer blockbuster Right, right. Like the next one, um, Wonder Woman. Yeah. That one was phenomenal. You know, I got a lot of people asking me like what I thought about it and this was this was always my response. Like I'm a Marvel guy, I'm really biased, so I yeah. don't like DC movies at all. But <laughs> well, we shouldn't say at all anymore, right? <laughs> I, but typically one, you don't. I don't. No, BVS and Man of Steel were I didn't like them at all. Yeah. Suicide Squad, no. Mm-hmm. But One Woman, I could say without a doubt, to, for me, was one of the best comic book films of all time. Wow. It is the kind of film I would want my daughter or little sister to go watch. It was, it was empowering. It had a good storyline, some good humor. Like, it was a home run out of the park. Wow, that's saying a lot because, I mean, the conversations you and I have, we've kind of bonded over being Marvel, Marvel fans. And we bash on DC. And we, we hate on DC pretty hard, both yeah. of us, you know. Uh-huh. And I, I think as much as I have kind of voiced my displeasure for DC Extended Universe movies. I think you probably bash on DC even more than me. Yeah. And for you to say that Wonder Woman is, and you just said it, is one of the best comic book movies ever, that's saying a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think, I, I don't think I'd put it up quite as far up there as as you are but there's no question it's it's a great movie it's a lot of fun and yeah like you said so refreshing you know like so so often we see female characters particularly in superhero movies be put on the sidelines given like small roles unimportant roles Um, this was complete 180 from that you know we saw uh, Wonder Woman really at the forefront, and it was really the Wonder Woman that I think everyone has been wanting to see. 
you know, like, um, I, I can't, I, I don't know if anyone who was sort of disappointed, it's like, oh, I wish, I wish it was good, but you know, I wish she would have done, like, it was, there's no qualifiers. It's like just uh-huh. good across the board for most people. The only critique I, I would get from it, from people I know, is like my parents, because they grew up watching um, Linda Carter. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just didn't see Linda Carter in this Wonder Woman and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In, uh, uh, what's her name? Gal, Gal Gabbett? Uh, yeah, or Gal, Gal Gadot. G- Gal Gadot. Yeah. And I guess this is like our, this new generation's version of Wonder yeah. Woman. Like my dad, my parents, they had their Linda Carter, but we had, this is our Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, I guess the only critique would be... I mean, it's not even part of the movie. It's just, like, how Wonder Woman represents someone who wants freedom and is totally about not getting to wars, peace, and love, but yet yeah. the actress... Like, I don't want to get too political, because... Oh, I know where you're going with this. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a comic book podcast, but yeah, yeah. Um, how she's a Zionist, and I was right. like... <laughs> uh, man, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because um, when when the Wonder Woman movie came out, um, yeah, actually on this podcast we covered it quite a, quite a bit. Leading up to the movie, we talked about it. After the movie came out, we talked about it. But I don't think we ever talked about the whole Zionist angle. It's just which is pretty interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gal Gadot is pretty much like unabashedly pro-israel yeah you know and i don't think you know i don't think anyone has a problem being uh, with a person being really supported supportive and and proud of their homeland you know nothing wrong with that but it seems like there's some gray area about how extreme her views are Uh you know and like you said um there are Allegations that she is a Zionist, and I guess that is that's a whole nother level than just being, you know, proud of your country. It's it's really this perspective that that uh, Israel comes first, and it's sort of anti everyone else, else, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, it, it's it's kind of you know, it's problematic. Kinda, yeah, it's kind of hypocritical for an actress to play one woman and still have. The same beliefs, but like I said, I'm not going to get too political into this. This is not. I know we're going to have fun. This is a comics podcast. Now. I'm glad you brought it up because <laughs> it is interesting. You know, well, let me ask you this, because uh, let's say let's say she is a Zionist, which at this point, you know, it's it's an allegation. I don't I don't. It, there's a lot of gray area, but let's just say hypothetically she is. How, how how is that a problem? Like, don't you think that she her job is, you know, actress. Uh-huh. Her job is to play other people to so, to make you believe she's Wonder Woman. Yeah. To, so so what to, what does her sort of personal beliefs and her personal life have to do with any of that? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Exactly. That's the kind of the point I was. I agree with. Like you know, like I said, I would want my daughter to watch it. Like. If she were to watch it, she would just see Wonder Woman. She wouldn't yeah. see Gal and right. her beliefs or anything. So, 
it's still that same empowerment yeah, uh, yeah. that the movie carries, which is amazing. And you know, her acting, I would say, like you know, phenomenal. It was great, Wonder Woman. Her personal beliefs, that's what I have a problem with, but I could separate the two. <laughs> good, good. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it, it's nowadays it's uh, it's tough because it, it, we want, in the ideal world, we do want to say, like, we can separate the art from the artist. We can separate the work from the personal lives, right? But at the same time, especially nowadays when when uh, the lines are kind of getting blurred, you know, like mm-hmm. ooh, it is important to consider uh, like what these people are doing, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think especially from like a geek perspective, like, you know, we as geeks, we're fans, you know, we're fans of not only these movies and TV shows and comic books, but we're fans of the people who make them exactly right so uh if you know if you know we 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 really enjoyed the wonder woman movie as geeks not only do we want to be like hell yeah wonder woman the movie but hell yeah gal gadot the actress right so um yeah we have to consider these things too so uh it's important to just kind of be informed and and know what what's up It's a good segue into the next movie, okay. uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, because yeah. mm-hmm. Tom Holland, he yeah. is the third actor to play Spider-Man in, like, what, the last 15 years? <laughs> Pretty short amount of time. We've seen uh-huh. a lot of Spider-Mans. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, I've had so many people, because I am the biggest Spider-Man fan ever, ask me, like, what do you think of the Spider-Man? And this is what I have to say. So, okay. Tobey Maguire, he's going to be that first Spider-Man I grew up with. Like, I, since me being the biggest Spider-Man fan, when I first saw Spider-Man on the big screen, it was, like, awe-inspiring. It was yeah. cool seeing Tobey Maguire. Then, probably, what, 10 years later, we get Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. And you... Behind behind the scenes, like, you know, I'm already older. I'm in high school. And behind the scenes, I see all these interviews done with Andrew Garfield. And he definitely had the spirit behind making the good Spider-Man. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say Amazing Spider-Man movies are good. Uh-huh. But the actor who played the role, he was... He had good... The, the spirits were good. The intentions were good. Mm-hmm. And then Tom Holland comes around... And he does good. Like, he had the looks. He had the humor, this quirky smirk that Peter Parker has. Right. Um, but by then, like I said, this is already the third Spider-Man. So it's just like, okay, what new, what's, what's something new <laughs> that, that this kid have to offer? Yeah. Um, well, well, going back to Andrew Garfield real quick, I think we've had conversations where you've told me he's... He's the Spider-Man that you kind of identified with the most, right? Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and and I I do agree that those movies, Amazing Spider-Man one and two, weren't weren't great, but he was certainly pretty good in them, you know. And um, going back to the whole like personal lives thing, 
of the three actors, of the three Spider-Man actors, there's no question that Andrew Garfield is the biggest Spider-Man fan of the three. He yeah. loves Spider-Man. He grew up with Spider-Man. When he got the role, he was like through the moon. He was mm-hmm. so happy. And um, yeah, the, the disappointment from the movies, those two movies, certainly from the fan perspective, I'm a big Spider-Man fan too. I was disappointed. But there was also disappointment that I felt like, oh man, it must be such a bummer for him because yeah. you could tell he put his all into those movies and it really meant a lot to him, you know. And again, uh, he wasn't, you know, to he 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 was he was pretty good in those movies and he he shouldn't be, you know, uh, the, the scapegoat I think for, for those two. No, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, sorry, going back to been out Tom and Holland. Tom Holland. Um, the movie was good. It was fun. Not, yeah, I'm not agreed, gonna. I'm agreed. not gonna say like, oh no, it was horrible. Or I was sick of a third Spider-Man. It was fun. There was a lot of quirky language. What really stood out with me though was the vulture. Yeah. Uh, I guess what I was expecting was like, oh, this old man like who wants to like rob banks take over the world right. the simple villain cliche right who was what you described that was very much the vulture in the comics exactly right this old dude who was just kind of creepy looking and he didn't there wasn't a lot of depth to the character uh, but what i like that marvel did or that what michael keaton yeah the batman from the 90s right what he did was he made the character so relatable so yeah. like you, you want to root for him he said i think this was marvel's first villain breakout i mean like you have like you had ultron you had like so many other villains that are just like oh i want to just take over the world blah 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 but then mm-hmm. like michael keaton comes and, and the vulture's like Oh, Stark Industries, they only look out for the big corporations, the money. They don't um, listen to a small guy. Yeah. And you're just like, dude, like, he's got a point. You want to kind of root for him. Yeah. Even though he's the villain. Right. And then it just becomes even, like, I think the thing that turned me off was when, like, it was revealed that his daughter was um, Tom Holland's date and i was like okay come on <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds of that but right, right. um but i really loved the villain and i'm super glad like they didn't get rid of him and i don't know it looked like they might have him for future films like they kind of tease sinister six at the end right, right. with scorpion oh yeah that's um, right yeah but i don't know we'll see what happens yeah. and that, that that that's what i think of about Vulture, what, what, do you have any other thoughts about the movie? Um, yeah, no, I think we're kind of on the same wavelength here. I, I certainly enjoyed it, but it didn't blow me away, and I walked away with, like, a lot of issues, you know? Like, there are a lot of little things that kind of peeved me. Like what? Well, um, well, there was the stuff, like, going into the movie that I already had, I already had some reservations about like Tom Holland seemed to be really young, right? And sure enough, this version of Spider-Man, this version of Peter Parker was very young and mm-hmm. he acted very young. He was like a kid, you know? Oh yeah. And 
you know, that's what they were going for. Like, it wasn't like by mistake he seemed really childish. childish. And that's They were going for a younger Spider-Man. And I get that, but I don't know. It just, that didn't work for me so much. And, you know, we talked about the whole legacy of Spider-Man movies. And in particular, Tobey Maguire, like, that's really my Spider-Man. And um, he was so good as, as Peter Parker and, and Spider-Man that... Um, the fact that this new one, Tom Holland, strayed so much from from that portrayal, you know, I don't know, maybe kind of rubbed me the wrong way, you know, didn't quite work for me as much. Mm-hmm. One thing I would agree with you is um, that I didn't like how they made Spider-Man, like you said, a child. Yeah. Because it, it kind of seemed like Iron Man had to come in a lot and be like... <laughs> Yeah, dude, like you're doing this wrong. Like Spider-Man's always making these mistakes. Like, yeah, let me fix it. And here's oh, here's a Spidey suit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess I it's totally something I forgot since I haven't seen the movie in a long time. But it was definitely a critique I had that I didn't like how Iron Man had to like be that old wiser dude who kind of had to help Spider-Man in the beginning, like develop that spider-man character yeah 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 that 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 reminds me of some of the issues i had when i walked out of the theater that there was it seemed like there was too much iron man in the movie you know Mm -hmm. like i think i mentioned this before but it didn't feel like a spider-man movie so much as it was you know marvel team-up presents spider-man and iron man you know it was like they were like partners throughout the movie you know um, nothing against Iron Man, he's great. Robert Downey Jr. is great, but this was kind of the moment for Spider-Man to shine solo style, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's kind of too much Iron Man in there, I think. And you know, it's not like we haven't seen Spider-Man and Iron Man working together. We just saw that in Civil War, you know, yeah. not long ago. So mm. yeah, I don't think they needed to to inject mm-hmm. that much Iron Man. I mean, I'm sure, like, a lot of the, the studio heads were like, oh, like, oh, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is willing to, like, uh, like take on such a big role. Let's do it. Like, um, the, you know, they. Sh- I think it was a good option to have, like, if, if Downey is willing to do that. But, like... To me, it was kind of a mistake. You know, this is time. This is Spider-Man's solo movie. It's it's his yeah. time. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah. But anyhow, well, before we get off of Spider-Man, like, what are your thoughts about um, like the next one? You know, what what sort of things can they do to improve upon this one? Any I thoughts think on that? On the next one, definitely. I think they should include Miles Morales. Oh yeah, that's right. They hinted. They, they hinted, hinted at they him. They hinted with Miles Morales because. Yeah. You know, as much as I like, I said so many times, like as much as I love Peter Parker, where I grew up with Peter Parker, it would totally kind of be refreshing to see like another Spider-Man enter on the big screen, especially someone like Miles Morales. Yeah. Um, I would love to see him, and I guess another villain we haven't seen like the Hobgoblin or. Mm-hmm. Or Mysterio. Mysterio, like, yes. Uh-huh. Cra- oh. Craven. Um, oh, and Craven, yep. Another, I just, I, I'm just excited to see Marvel coming with a new super villain. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's one thing these Spider Man movies have 
done pretty well with. Like, there's there have been a crazy amount of Spider-Man movies in the last, you know, 15 years or mm-hmm. so. Like, yeah, I can't believe there's actually been three different Spider-Mans, right? Um, but what they've done pretty well with is, like, ha- kind of having a different villain every time, you know? The, I think the only overlap is they've had Green Goblin a couple times. Yeah. But other than that, like, they've kind of been able to sort of have like pretty good representation from from his rogues gallery right mm-hmm. yeah oh you know I, I think i don't know if this like relates to something i was talking about earlier but what do you think about like the whole like zendaya playing mj because there are a lot of book a lot of comic book geeks who are like <laughs> very upset saying like oh mary jane is redhead and she's white yeah and, and then zendaya comes and she's I want to say, I, she's not Mary Jane, but she's MJ. Yeah. And a lot of, like, what do you think? What are your thoughts on Oh, that? man. Okay, so, yeah, this is, I got to go into the memory banks a little bit. But, yeah, no, I, I had issues with that, definitely. You know, like, and it wasn't that, you know, MJ is no longer white. It's, that's not the issue. To me, it's, they totally changed the character. You know, in the comics, MJ is like this beautiful, popular girl, you know, she's like this uh, high school princess, you know, she's not this like quirky outsider that we have here, you know, and also like, I was confused too, like her name was revealed to be MJ as like a nickname at the very end. Yeah. But her name throughout the movie was something different, right? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> but it wasn't Mary Jane Watson. Uh-uh. That's for sure, right? So I was super confused. And, oh, yeah, now I'm starting to remember some stuff. Like, the, my a, a big point of, a problem point for me was how much the, the Spider-Man story differed from the original source material. Like, they just took crazy liberties with it, and I, I wasn't, I couldn't handle it. I was like, that is too much change, you know? Um, it was, yeah, they, they, they went into a lot of different directions in terms of the characters and, and the storylines, and yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just... Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm still struggling with it. I, I haven't seen it since that, that first time. No, same. But I, I kind of like how they didn't have... I mean, if she's supposed to be Mary Jane, I kind of like that she's not like... I mean, that they... Am I disappointed that they didn't stick to the original comic source material, of, like you said, being that popular girl? Mm-hmm. You know, of course I'm disappointed. But still, I feel like, especially at this time... You know, we got to have, I guess, a lot of diversity that, like, shows, Yeah, and like, that's great. You know, I think that's um, cool. I mean, like, that shows that, I don't know, Mary Jane can be not just the popular girl. She could be the the quiet girl. She could be yeah. the outsider. She could, like, for everyone's Peter Parker, there's someone's Mary Jane who <laughs> is... Just it could be anyone. It doesn't have to be that popular, pretty girl. Well, so to that, I would argue that's fine. Diversity is great, and it's cool seeing these new kind of characters. But just make it a new character. Like <laughs> just, she's so different from the original Mary Jane. Then why even call her MJ? You know, like it's just yeah, you know, just leave it alone. You know, but whatever. <laughs> Okay, so um, we probably don't want to like cover every single movie no, no, the no. theater uh, of the year, but. Um, you know, 
you mentioned Wonder Woman and and other DC movies. So I'm kind of interested in what you think about Justice League because you know both you and I have have not been too stoked about a lot of the DC <laughs> movies. But now, like their last movie was excellent with Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman is going to be in the Justice League movie. So yeah. what are your thoughts now? Are, are you wanting to see the Justice League movie now? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? I'm still very restricted about uh-huh. wanting to see the next DC movie. I kind of I kind of gave the pass of a pass to this Wonder Woman just because <laughs> it was like a first. Yeah. But Justice League, I'm just not... I feel like Justice League was like... It's like going to be like Suicide Squad. Just completely rushed like we have no backstory behind aquaman or cyborg or flash um like when adventures came out i was like oh yeah we're gonna see thor together with captain america iron man it's because like those stories were already developed yeah they had their own movies you know who the character was whereas just as they're just trying to rush it all like Mm -hmm. yes we know who ben affleck is Batman, we know who Wonder Woman is now, yeah, but we still don't know who Ezra Miller is as Flash. We don't know who Jason is as Aquaman. We don't know right. Cyborg. Like, yeah, what's their backstory? Yeah. And I feel like they're gonna, it's gonna be explained in Justice League, but completely rushed, like how Suicide Squad was. Yeah, and so am I excited to see like Justice League on the big screen? I definitely am, but I kind of wish like. They planned it out right. Like, yeah. They yeah. had like an origin story behind it be, be for each character before they were to do a Justice League movie. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, you make some good points there. I think um, there the one of the big thrills of that first Avengers movie is seeing the Avengers come together and there was already this sort of built-in character development. Mm-hmm. There was, we saw a Captain America movie. We saw a Thor movie, a Hulk movie, an Iron Man movie, two Iron Man movies, you know? Um, here, well, going back to that real quick, uh, not only did they all have their own movies, but they were good movies, too. Were. <laughs> you know? They were, like, I mean, uh, to, to differing uh, degrees. I mean, w- some could say... The Iron Man two movie wasn't that great. It was, yeah, it was I okay. mean, for the most part, the Marvel movies are good. For the most part, <laughs> uh, let's just say all four of those characters had a good movie behind them. You know, <laughs> so like, let's cut to Justice League now. So, a couple characters you mentioned. This is the first time we're seeing them: Cyborg, Aquaman, and Flash. Right, and then with the other characters. Um, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Let's talk about them. So Wonder Woman had a great movie. You know, we're all excited about that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like the, the Batman and the Superman, uh, the, this version of Batman and Superman, we, we have yet to see them in a good movie. I, I, yeah. I cannot get excited about the Henry Cavill Superman. I cannot get excited about the Ben Affleck Batman, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, it's it's just weird, you know. It's sort of like they're kind of following the Marvel Studios uh, path, but they kind of aren't, and they and they they really aren't. I mean, you know, it's like we're saying they're they're sort of putting the cart in front of the horse, where um, we're having some characters developed somewhat, 
and some not at all. And it's and from the yeah from the previews we've seen, it's just like it seems like more of the same from what we've seen in like Suicide Squad or Man of Steel or BBS. You yeah. know, it's just a lot of spectacle. You know, but I know this is really too early for you know us to say, but I think Warner Brothers recognizes that. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. you see in the trailer, you see, like, um, what's her, Lois Lane. We see characters, like, yeah. w- we've already been introduced to. Um, the the villain, um, he attacks Wonder Woman's homeland. And they kind of, like, reference back to, like, these past DC movies. And uh-huh. I think, like, DC kind of recognizes, like, oh, let's not, like, add a whole new, like, world. <laughs> like, let's bring some things that people liked and yeah, put, yeah. put it in here to like kind of um segue into this whole other universe of other metahumans and stuff mm-hmm. and so i mean i don't want to dismiss <laughs> justice league just because of past experience with bad dc movies right, but right. is my, is the bar high no yeah and, we can hope for the best, you exactly. know? We can hope for the best, but kind of expect the worst, you know? <laughs> and and um, for anyone who's, like, you know, excited that, you know, Wonder Woman is in this movie, and that's great, you know, Wonder Woman. The Wonder Woman movie was great, and you can't help but be excited that she's in this. But let, you know, let's not have short-term memory here just because Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is in a DC movie that doesn't make the movie necessarily great. Just look at BVS. She was in BVS. Yeah. Let us not forget, you know. She was first introduced there. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And um you know, that movie was pretty disappointing. But before you get disappointed with Justice League, there's Thor to look forward yeah. to. Yes, indeed. That's right. Today is October 12th and Thor Ragnarok is less than a month away and I'm super excited. I am super excited too. <laughs> like I think for me it's not even um Thor or even the Hulk I'm excited for. The most exciting thing I am excited for is to see um what's her name? Hera? Oh Hella. Hella. Yeah. Fuck, I can't even say her name <laughs> right. That's disappointing. But I'm so excited to see her just because yeah. Not I like not only is she gonna be like Marvel's first big female villain, mm-hmm. but I feel like she is like I said earlier how I had an issue of Marvel's villains, how they just wanna take over the world and everything. Like she's definitely gonna have some of that, like she wants to take over Asgard, but I feel mm-hmm. like Marvel is gonna be smart and play her out like yeah. like she's the goddess of death. Right. And Death has a big part in the Infinity War storyline. So I feel like they're going to mm. continue having her for future Marvel films. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just like, okay, cool. Then I can just have her and throw it away in this one <laughs> movie. I, I feel like we're going to see more of her. And oh, cool. based off the trailer, she looks like she could be a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good little insider uh, tip there. We could be seeing more of her even after Thor Ragnarok, right? Mm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, man, like, yeah, Kate Blanchett as Hela, you know, like, so when I first heard that she was going to be in the third Thor movie, I thought, oh, that's cool. Um, you know, she's probably going to get a pretty good 
juicy, <coughs> juicy acting role because you know, she's an Oscar winner, you know. Yeah. So um, clearly they're going to give her some good dialogue and whatnot. But what I didn't expect was a that she was going to be like right in the mix of the action. Like she like the first thing you see in that first trailer is her destroying Thor's hammer, you know, like holy shit, yeah. you know. And then uh, number two, she looks incredible. She like does. holy shit her outfit like her it, look is like whoa it is you know amazing yeah 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 i can't wait to see her and um yeah you mentioned thor hulk and hella i can't wait to see loki again you know loki oh, loki i always I, want to see loki but I forget you know about loki yeah you know and he's um so far in the promotional stuff he's he's kind of been you know in the sidelines a bit but you know that Tom Hiddleston's gonna be in the mix because they know Loki brings in absolutely. He's so a, they're he's, gonna save it for the movie. Yeah, he's a fan favorite, and yeah, yeah I, I really I'm looking forward to see. I'm looking forward to see seeing uh, what uh, what he does. Do you know there's actually I've read about this. I don't know if you want to know, but there's going to be another adventure in Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, is this rumored or confirmed? It's confirmed. <laughs> it's, I don't know if you want to know. Okay. Um, do you want to try to guess it or? Let's uh, okay. So well, let's say well. First of all, let's say a spoiler. We're going to give some insider information that I'm I'm not aware of right now. So okay. So with Thor and Hulk, I mean, they already have Thor and Hulk. So so wait. Let me ask you this: Is it an Avenger who has appeared in the MCU already, or yes. is it? Oh, it is. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you know, maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we leave it? We, we'll leave it for now, and, and maybe, maybe I'll, I can get surprised when I actually see the movie. I know, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> cool. Okay, so um, I think we can't uh, leave the year alone without talking about Star Wars. Dun <laughs> And we have to talk about Star Wars just because. Star Wars, but also I think you are one of the bigger Star Wars fans that I know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we, we've talked at length about Star Wars in the past. But um, yeah, l- l- let me just ask you: what are your what's your what are your expectations for Episode Eight? What what are you looking forward to, and how are you how are you feeling about it right now? You know, Episode Eight, I kind of feel it's going to be like a repeat of episode five how they're the villain wins at the end mm-hmm. um i feel like not every, by the end of episode eight everybody's gonna be like no no like how can that be and everything like not be satisfied <laughs> yeah um i think it's gonna be worse than how episode seven ended how like when luke was introduced for like two seconds oh right right yeah, yeah yeah i think it's gonna be more <laughs> disappointing and leave the bleak, biggest cliffhanger okay um i could see that but it's gonna be awesome i i am pretty sure like with the whole ray being trained under luke mm-hmm. and it being Carrie Fisher's last movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, okay, so, okay, you said quite a bit there. Like, um, well, with, uh, 
Okay, with, with with Ray, like so, you mentioned she is trained by Luke, but from the latest trailer, it seems like she's sort of gonna get seduced by the dark side too mm-hmm. from Kylo Ren, right? I, I have a theory for that. I don't, okay. okay, yeah, but, let's hear it. Yeah, let's okay. hear your theory. So I got this from my boyfriend, who's like the biggest Star Wars fanatic ever. Okay, I guess like you know how like in air, each lightsaber has a different color. Yes. And each lightsaber represents a um, different, I guess, quality to the Jedi that holds the lightsaber. Okay. The theory is, because if you've seen the poster for Last Jedi, you see Rey holding, like, a, what is it, blue or green lightsaber, and then, it like, midway, it turns gray, and then it turns red at the at the top. Oh, um, Wait, is it on the poster you said? Yeah, it's on the okay, poster. Okay. And it's, I guess, like a gray lightsaber is be, can only be held by those who knows the good side and the bad side of the Force. Oh. And so what the theory is, my theory is that she's going to be trained by Luke, but then she's also going to go to like Kylo Ren to be trained in the dark side and you know that kind of makes sense if you want to bring balance to the force because that's what kind of like if you like look back at all the star wars movies like there was like uneven balance that's why there was a lot of conflict in the original trilogy the dark side there was a whole bunch of dark side and then the rebels come in and the jedis like luke came in and destroyed the empire then in the prequels, there were so much Jedi's that the Sith came in and destroyed all the Jedi's. Okay, right. There's this whole balancing out thing, right? Yeah, like you can't have too much good, you can't have too much bad. You need balance in the Force. Yeah. And then you, and when you watch Episode Seven, you get some um, backstory that Kylo Ren turned to the dark side because Luke was training all these people to become Jedi. Mm-hmm. And again, I was bringing unbalance to the Force. Right, right, right. So that's why Kylo Ren, I feel like, was seduced to the to the dark side. Yeah. Whereas you, you have Rey, she, I feel like she's going to bring balance to both sides and learn not just the good side from Luke, but also go to the dark side and learn what the Sith has to offer mm. from like Kylo Ren and Emperor Stork. Yeah. And she'll be like a welder of a great lightsaber. Oh. And I mean, if you look at the trailer, it looks like she's holding a great lightsaber. I okay. can't really tell, but oh. that's my two piece. Wow. That's pretty deep, man. <laughs> <I've>, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. I mean, and, and the trailer, uh, this latest trailer that, that came out very recently, um, does seem to hint that that she's sort of feeling out both sides a little bit you know and um that yeah there's potential that she could uh, go to the dark side or like what you're saying kind of kind of have a little of both yeah right okay well, and i feel like know. luke also recognizes that. i mean like there's like a there's like a scene where like ray touches the ground and the ground just cracks and luke's just like I've seen this before, and I have never been afraid of it or something like that yeah. until now. Right, but and, now he's afraid. Yeah, right, I, think he re- I think he recognizes that there's, like, some dark side within Ray that needs to be, like, exploited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, yeah. You th- you think um, kind of changing subject? Mm-hmm. You think? What, what do you think about like Carrie Fisher and like how this was her last film? Oh, good. Yeah, good question. You know, because I think the producers already announced that Layla by the end of the movie Layla's still alive. But oh yeah, I didn't um, hear that. Well, I mean, it. I I know that, you know, prior to Carrie Fisher's death, she had completed all of her work for episode eight. Yeah. So it's not like there were some scenes that she didn't get to. Like it was, she was done. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we don't know, or I certainly don't know, is whether or not she was slated to do anything in episode nine. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so does. Did her death affect that? Was she supposed to appear in episode nine? And the fact that she's not going, or that she she didn't shoot new scenes for episode nine, does that mean they're going to save some stuff she did before her death for mm. that episode? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, in in this latest trailer, there, there's quite a bit of, of, uh, of Leia, you know? So... Um, and there's a little bit of a tease of like Kylo Ren killing her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that seemed kind of. I don't know if there's anything to. I think they were just teasing. I think so too. Yeah, just because I feel like, you know, people know Carrie Fisher died, so they're, like like when Han Solo died, that shocked everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think they're gonna be like. <laughs> Make it so obvious and tease us like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Hans, Han Solo dying was... I mean, it was a big moment in Episode 7, but I don't think it was super surprising because there, there were a lot of rumors that they were going to kill him off. I had heard a lot of rumors, so it wasn't shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, a big moment for sure. But yeah, I see what you're saying here. Like, it's sort of like, oh, so Episode 7... Kill Solo, Episode Eight. Kill Leia, Episode Nine. Kill Luke Skywalker. I mean, it, it'd be it'd just be too sort of predictable if yeah. they went down that path. So, yeah, I I could see like Leia still staying alive. Just because the actress Carrie Fisher passed away doesn't mean that they have to kill Princess Leia in the movies. You know, exactly. she can live exactly. on. You know, exactly. And I think yeah. that's what Disney's going to try to mess with the, with the fans. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. it's like what are you guys gonna do next? Right, right, right. Exactly. So um, we should talk a bit about our our ticket getting experiences oh because okay, so let's talk about this new world of Star Wars we're in. Like, so now every year there's a new Star Wars movie. It's always around this holiday you know time of year, and you know around this time of year like this fall time frame that's when like the the whole hype machine really gets going and and the ticket sales uh, open up right and so for like three years in a row it's just been madness you know like trying to get uh, episode seven tickets two years ago rogue one tickets last year episode eight tickets this year like it's a very stressful experience, you know? Um, <laughs> the stress is real. The struggle is real. Yeah, like it's not... I mean, there, there are different theater chains and chains and different ways of getting the tickets. And it seems like across the board, it's been kind of messy, you know? 
like both you and I had these crazy like heartbreaks and then redemption <laughs> experiences with with getting the episode eight tickets, right? Yeah, you want to talk about uh, yours a bit? Yeah, yeah. You got tickets for um, the the AMC Metreon, right? Yeah. So um, I always knew because I just this past summer I watched Wonder Woman, Spider Man, and um, War for the Planet Apes and Dolby Experience. And what that is, it's just like HD quality, a complete like twenty four. Um, surround sound system so like the, the sound just follows you in like a 360 room mm-hmm. um, the seats are super comfortable and I knew like oh if I'm gonna watch Star Wars I want that kind of experience yeah but um, so I was having dinner with my friend who I haven't seen in the longest time we were catching up and I get a notification saying like oh Star Wars tickets are just got released I'm like oh man I don't want to be rude, so I, like, yeah. put my phone away just so I could, like, resist. And then as soon as I finished dinner with my friend, I looked, and I'm like, oh, man, like, all the good seats are gone, like, all yeah. the center seats. And so I had to um, settle for, like, the second row seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I watched Wonder Woman from the second row and Dolby Experience, and I still pretty much enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but... I, you know, like I said, if I'm going to watch Star Wars, go big or go home. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't go back to doing the standard form again. Right, right. So yeah. that's cool. You're going to see it in, in the big Dolby Theater Yeah. at AMC Metreon. That's uh-huh. cool. Yeah, so for me, um, I did get tickets too, and I'm psyched. Uh, for me, though, I'm going to see it at the Alamo Draft House, which is another great theater uh, to see movies at for kind of a different reason. Like I think um, for the the audio visual feast that you get from like the Dolby Theater at AMC's or the I think they call them the XD theaters at yeah, Century yeah. Theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't quite get that level of uh, audio visual, but there there's uh, there's kind of this cool like sort of film festival feel at Alamo Draft House, which is really cool. So they um, they're really um, tough on enforcing the whole like no talking or texting during movies, and they don't show any commercials before the movies, which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, they do sort of custom content. So before the movie shows, they show videos that are related to the movie, and then for Star Wars movies, it's particularly cool because they have um, like specific Star Wars uh, content. You know, so. Like I mentioned, there's no talking or texting during the movies. So usually uh, for the movies, they have like a little PSA, like, you know, and they're usually pretty funny, but they tell you not to talk, talk or text. <laughs> um, but for Star Wars, it's it's Star Wars content. They, like, it's like Darth Vader telling you not to talk oh, or text. It's awesome. like super cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, looking forward to that. Um, was able to get tickets. But like, yeah, similar to your experience, like it was in- incredibly stressful, you know, like, it's not really well organized and you don't really know when the tickets exactly go on sale and um i I have this feeling that like like the the people who make the star wars movies are just like they're just giddy and they're just like loving it seeing all these fans stress (laughs) out all over the world you know so um yeah i think it's something 
that we all have to deal with, especially now with uh, with reserved seating. Oh my now gosh, there's even dude. more like demand to get in on yeah. it right away so you can get the decent seats and it's mm. uh, it's very nerve wracking. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I like the reserved seating because I remember yeah, like, me too. like when my early years of college, when I would, me and my friend, we'd have to get to like the movie like an hour beforehand yeah to, yeah yeah to yeah. get good seats mm-hmm. or something so i kind of like the reserve seating but you just gotta like be on top of your game and be yeah. like okay the tickets <laughs> are gonna go sale right now it's like getting comic con tickets yeah pretty much pretty much <laughs> okay so wow okay so we've talked quite a bit and you know one thing I wanted to cover, and maybe we'll leave this for next time, but I know you're a big horror movie fan, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Halloween is coming up, and uh, I, I think I think we should, maybe our next episode, we'll, next we'll just have episode. a whole right. horror theme. So why don't we, we uh, we'll leave it for next time. But, yeah, I guess in the meantime, just start start thinking of some some top horror picks. I yeah? definitely could think some, yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay. All right, so yeah, I think we're good. Um, we ended up just talking about movies, so we could even do like a little review of like comics and TV shows too. Um, but as always, there's always plenty to talk about, and we can leave it for next time. Okay. Cool. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Porfirio.